You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. I did not gut that man. I don't care. Oh boy. Gang, hey, how the hell are you? Kevin Goatee here, your old pal gutting the sacred cow. Wow, new episode. This is a doozy. This week we got David from Superhero Speak Podcast on to take on our one, two, three, third X-Men film, and that's Days of Future Past. Before we get to it, I want to start off by saying thank you all for making last March our second biggest download month ever. We cannot thank you enough. Thank you so much for giving us an hour of your time and all the kind words you're saying. Guess what? We're now on the Metaverse in Facebook. How cool is that? Metaverse. Go find us in the joke joke with a dollar sign comedy club room. We're there. Uh, looks like every Monday from now on. So now we're in the Metaverse. So when you're done beating off, guess what? You can go watch our show and have some ha-has. GuttingTheSacredCow.com, GuttingTheSacredCow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us. And without further ado, here's David attacking X-Men, Days of Future Past. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. Is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. Kevin Israel named that movie. <laughs> uh, why am I blanking on the name of the movie? So, uh, Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. There you go. I was going to say, holy shit. Some people I, get. <laughs> I was. I almost said, if you build it, they will come. And I was like, that's not the name. <laughs> no. Thanks for the. No. Thanks for the softball, Kev. I needed to break my. My 0-27 record right now. <laughs> the crowd loves it. The crowd also loves us. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, back again. We are hoping you have enjoyed. Oh, we have. It's been an, an, an unbelievable streak of films that people have chosen of late. Uh, Return of the Jedi, Back to the <laughs> Future, and of course, our live show, Office Space. These films, and people complain that all, all their good ones are taken. No, they are not. There are still a mountain of films left. David Markowski is our guest today. David, how's it going, pal? What are you up to? Ah, not much. I'm excited to be here. Uh, always love to talk superhero movies uh, with fellow fans. And um, if I any chance I can to take down any X-Men film, I will. <laughs> So I'm, I have to I'm ask. Excited for this. I have to ask. Are you and Task friends? <laughs> That's a yes. No, no that was a, a that was a maniacal like where we're like arch enemy friends, like <laughs> frenemies. 
um, I mean, in all honesty, uh, I've I've always been a Marvel guy. I grew up loving the comics, and of course, the X Men were our first big screen introduction uh, movies for for Marvel. It was the X Men movies in two thousand, and looking back on them, it's they were Wolverine movies that happen to have a couple insulary characters supporting them that happen to be X-Men. Like yeah. I was okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and task is on this, this podcast twice. He's done X-Men one and X-Men two. You were the first one to jump to the, uh, the newer uh, X-Men film. So, and as, as we've alluded to, David has chosen X-Men days of future past, arguably the best of the bunch. Or is it 2014 budget, $200 million box office hall, 746 million. Turn that into 20. What's that? I believe that's the highest grossing one. I believe the X movies. I believe you're right. And now 2022 money, $239.6 million budget, 894 gross. It's not too bad. No, we almost got into the uh, Avengers realm. We're about, uh, which it shows you. I don't know what the numbers were newer generation movies but it shows you how much bringing wolverine into the new into that like new cast impacted the movies mm-hmm. yes yes imdb as we all know is a scale one through ten with decimal points david what do you think that x-men days of future past scored on imdb uh hmm. i'll say 8.5 kevin israel Um, eight flat, and we've got one of you is dead nuts on, and that is my co-host, eight flats for Days of Future Past on yeah. IMDb. Look at him! Sometimes- this is a great episode for me so far. <laughs> <laughs> Nail the quote, get one of the dead nuts. Look at you. Listen, I don't, I don't ever keep buying lottery tickets because that's for the mathematically retarded. But so far, why not? Everything's coming up, Kevin. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, one through 100. Kevin Israel, you're up first. What did the critics give Days of Future Pass? 72. David. Hmm. I'll say 74. 90. Oh, wow. Wow. Loved it. How about the audience score, David? Rotten Tomatoes, one through 100. Uh, a lot of people love this movie. I'm going to say somewhere in that range, so 95. Kevin Israel? Yeah, see, I f- I'm worried that this is going to be one of those situations where the critic, where it's flip-flopped, because I would have thought it was the other way. So I'm going to go 88. 91. Oh, I'm, I'm Loved universally. Quotes? I'm going to say to you what you told me. Fuck off. Oh, come on. You knew that was happening. <laughs> That's the only one. Well, there's one, there's, yeah. one, there's one more I kind of chuckled at because it's a song lyric. I don't know karate, but I know crazy. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> James Brown. Kev, you any other quotes or is that all? The only thing, the only other quote I, I, I enjoyed or I chuckled at was, I mean, I slept with her many times. Yeah. <laughs> David, any quotes about it, you? Uh, the only quote, and it's the moment that completely destroys the entire franchise for me is when Wolverine says to Xavier, use your powers and find us. There's a lot of us that need you. So more on that later. Oh boy. That is a true tease. I like that he understands that he doesn't need to get into his argument right now. Yeah. People who get the format. (laughs) Right before you jumped on, he was saying he was listening to the last episode with Return of the Jedi because he knows those two. He knows uh, Tiff and uh, oh God. Montego. Montego, that's it. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Get ready to nerd out the two of you. In the original comic storyline, other Marvel heroes other than X-Men are wiped out by the Sentinels. Such as, do you guys even know this? This is a little trivia. Do you know who who was wiped out by the Sentinels? Huh. One Um, One of them shocked the shit out of me. Was it some, some of the Avengers, I think? I know that. Uh, one, two, three Avengers. Um, it's been a while since I read it. I Spider-Man? Know it was Spider-Man one, was killed there, by the... Yep, yep, he was killed. Uh, was it Fantastic Four? Yep. That's another one, another group. 
Yeah, because I mean, the Sentinels—they basically in the in the storyline of Days oh. of Future Past, they basically wiped out everybody. That's what I said. Hulk, right? Hulk is that's one that shocked me. I'm floored that yeah. they got the Hulk. I'll I'll round it out. Ghost Rider, Daredevil, Iron Man, and Silver Surfer. That's right. Silver Surfer is pretty. That's impressive. Yeah. According to Brian Singer, he had a two-hour discussion with James Cameron to discuss time travel films about how to make time travel concept feasible and workable within the film. <laughs> the, con- the concept, and then he was like, "Ah, fuck it, I'm making this movie." Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the concepts the two discussed included quantum physics, alternate universes, and string theory. How much? How many nar- narcotics and hallucinogens were involved in that conversation? <laughs> yeah, too many. The script for called for Logan to wake up, wake up in 1973 in boxer shorts. Hugh Jackman vetoed this in favor of waking up nude, saying in Australia, if you're next to a really good looking girl, you're not getting out with boxer shorts or briefs on. Uh, how about any country? If that's the case, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> or maybe he also said, he also said, I just spent a year and a half getting jacked as fuck. Yeah. Everybody's going to yes. want to see this. Yeah. <laughs> I can crunch walnuts with my butt cheeks. Pucker up, buttercup. <laughs> When Wolverine wakes up in the past, the woman in bed with him calls him Jimmy. According to the comics, Wolverine's name at birth was? James Howlett. Yep, there you go. As his birth father was Thomas Logan, he inherited that surname. This this is the longest fun fact, but I found this quite, quite fetching. Quicksilver had been previously discussed as a potential character in both X-Men The Last Stand and The Avengers, but legal complexities over the license to the character resulted in his omission from both movies. However, in 2013, Marvel and Fox announced a resolution to the previous legal issues and that Quicksilver would appear in this movie as well as an Avengers sequel. Though under certain parameters, no reference to Quicksilver's membership in the Avengers can be made into an X-Men movie and no allusion to his relations to X-Men or Magneto, the character's father, can be made in an Avengers movie. The rights agreement between Fox and Marvel even go as far as to stipulate the character cannot be referred to as a mutant in any Marvel film. Additionally, the day after the day after the announcement of Peter's casting, Marvel and Fox entered into a legal standoff into provisions of the rights agreement for the character, including the issue of whether Peter should be allowed to portray Quicksilver in any other movie outside of the X-Men franchise possibly necessitating another actor to play Quicksilver in any Marvel movie, resulting in two different versions of the same character appearing in two different, completely different franchises. Ultimately, Fox and Marvel decided to cast different actors in the part for X-Men and Avengers movies with Aaron Taylor Johnson taking on the role in the latter sequel, thus preventing any connection between the two franchises and keeping the X-Men confined to a separate universe from those of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The party of the first part shall tell the party of the second part at no time sooner than 12 o'clock, but later than 1201. And now all of that is moved. Yeah, I was about to say, and then Disney said, screw it, I'll just buy Fox, yeah. and now we own Disney it Disney just threw its dick on the table and was like, look at this. <laughs> and now it's time for everyone's Ask Question to David Markowski. It's time for Ask a Gutter. Ask a gutter. You gotta ask a gutter. Uh, for at superhero speak, this is from Brandon Oglesby at Newark Night. What was the biggest comic book sin? Logan being sent back instead of Kitty or Xavier being able to walk. Wow, um, that's a good one. Uh, hmm, I think. I think I were gonna because both of them, both of them, I think hurt the movie. But I think Logan being sent back is, to me, the bigger sin, um, as opposed to Kitty. Because that's that gets right off into one of my issues with the whole thing. Is all right. Okay, all no, of a no, sudden, no, save, okay. save, for, save it for the issue. Yeah. Save for the issue. Okay, got it. All right. Next one at Lord Snurts. Kudos for taking on one of the good X-Men movies. Who's your favorite mutant? How do the movies fail at the portrayal of said character? For example, Archangel is a complete badass in the comics. In the movies, he's a background character or a henchman. So who's your favorite movie, a mutant, and how do the movies fail at the portrayal of said favorite character? Um, uh, I think I would go with Bobby Iceman um, mm-hmm. in the movies because just, I mean, again, he's relegated to a background character um 
where he's, you know, in the comics, he's usually written as like a teenager and with, who's like full of life and, and, you know, usually the upbeat character, especially in all the early X-Men books. And, uh, yeah, he was just background character and then they killed him multiple times in this movie. So, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Bango 2331, no questions this time. Just excited for the X-Men episode. I like both of the first-class movies. And Matt Dawson writes, that's right, we only acknowledge the first two. Fair <laughs> point. <laughs> Next one, uh, at Ken Bjorn Turner. Gah, I, hate the, I hated the Sentinel on Days of Future's Past. The future past. We waited years and years for them to appear in the movies, and they gave us those craptastic things. I know they have to make changes from comics to movies, but damn it. I'm still waiting for a movie that copies the look of the Sentinels from the 90s animated series. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) For superheroes speak, if you could pick the main villain for Disney's first X-Men movie, who would it be? Says Taco Shirt Krillin. That's a tough one. Um, Like, I don't know if they're going to do Magneto since they've done him. uh, They've done Apocalypse. Um... Mr. Sinister would be cool, but I don't know if they would get away with him. So yeah, no, I'll say Mr. Sinister. I'd like to see I'd like to see how they pull that off, but if you're reintroducing the X-Men, it's hard to have someone that powerful that quick. So And at Lord Snurt says, and why is the correct answer, Mr. Sinister? So you uh, <laughs> you are tapped right into that to this uh, to this universe. I feel like the fan base has been chomping champing at the bit as kevin goatee likes to say yes um <laughs> for so long to get mr sinister in and yeah. i think i think the average movie going audience and i think that's one of the reasons they always pick this characters they do is how easily could the average movie going audience digest a character and i think menace mr sinister would be a tough swallow i know nothing of him this is uh not my forte as much as it is the two of yours so uh, is, is yes. that a sinister six guy is that i, I assume the case no, no, he's a, he's another mutant, very powerful mutant. Um, and it's funny too because I used to think that, and then they introduced the multiverse, and I'm like, anything's on the table now. Like, yeah, no, you're right. I th- you're right. I think I think we've come a long way in what an audience can handle mm-hmm. as far as just wackiness of in comic books go. But I, I'm sure we'll see him. He also he just his they'll obviously redesign him because he looks. Oh yeah, it wouldn't his look wouldn't work in the real world three dimensions how about Sabretooth? how about we do him right this time Sabretooth would be great i mean Sabretooth's a great character they I just think, i i think they got closer to him in with the leaf first... shriver yeah in the first yeah. x-men movie no no no. that uh, was leaf shriver that was taylor what um, was his name physically uh, yeah physically physically yeah yes the look was good the yeah characterization i don't know too much of being logan's brother i thought <laughs> Or, Ome- yeah. or, or Omega Red. Is that another one that we would get? Uh, Omega Red going? would be good. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I guess not. I'll go fuck myself. Okay. <laughs> That's going to do it for this section of Ask a Gutter. So before we get to David Markowski talking about why he hates Days of Future Past, Kevin, let's talk about something that we all can agree is fantastic. And that's Athletic Greens. You know them. <laughs> you love them. You drink them every morning. I know I do because I love how it's one-stop shopping and just less than $3 a day for all those multivitamins. Was it 30 30 multivitamins and such? I mean, what a deal is that? Kevin, what about you? What makes Athletic Greens so important? uh, Yeah, it's your day. It's convenient. It's easy to take. You just take it in the morning with a cold glass of water. It's just a a quick shot, and it it tastes good, which is crazy because so many supplements are awful to drink that you usually have to hold your nose. But Athletic Greens tastes good it tastes like it's it tastes like it's a, a healthy drink but it doesn't taste horrible like chalk or like bark so that's that's a huge plus for it over seven thousand five-star reviews can't be wrong i mean the creator decided to you know start his own concoction after trying a hundred dollars worth out on his own version of supplements and found out this is a hell of a lot better it's keto friendly vegan friendly non-gmo sugar-free all that good stuff athleticgreens.com is giving you the listener five free travel packs, and a year supply free of vitamin D. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash GTSC. That's athleticgreens.com slash GTSC. Kevin Israel, let's let Sabretooth out of this cage and thrash around and 
maybe do a berserker barrage on it. So time for David Markowski to God, God. the sacred, sacred cow. cow. You guys practice that a lot, don't you? We, got, we get it right at the live shows. That's twice a year. <laughs> twice in two years, excuse me. Yeah, it sounds better without the internet. Yeah. Fucking it up. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh any particular format you want this in or just just don't read it like you're reading a manifesto oh i'm not I'm, this is all off the cuff so okay. um, i definitely want to start with the fact something i already said is my issue especially with a lot of the early x-men movies is they weren't x-men movies they were wolverine movies with ancillary x-men characters in the background and, and that just um don't get me wrong like a lot of people, Logan's always been one of my favorite uh, X-Men, but, you know, if you're going to do multiple movies, you can sh- change the focus around. Um, that being said, the other problem is by the time we got to the third movie, they already killed off Scott, they killed off Gene, <laughs> uh, they killed off a couple, uh, Professor X, though they gave us the teaser at the end that made it seem like he was still alive, and then said, all right, now we're going... First class, we're going into the past. And that movie did not make as much um, as the other X movies. Thus, this is why Days of Future Past exists. I don't think a lot of people realize the only reason they made that movie is like, okay, we're going to reset the X-Men timeline now so that we can tell all new stories with a whole new cast. And we're going to bridge the old cast and the new cast. Just like, you know, um, what was it? Star Trek Generations, and we all remember how great that movie was. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then, so that's that's my first major problem is that I don't think the movie needed to exist. I think they could have just started over with a whole new cast and just pretend the other ones didn't exist. They were afraid they were going to lose too much money. So, all right, let's let's do this. Then, of course, the first major sin. They send Wolverine back instead of Kitty Pride. They had a chance to focus on a different character, but nope. Everyone loves Logan. Everyone loves you, Jackman, as Wolverine. We're going to send him back instead of Kitty Pride. Um, but we're going to use Kitty Pride to send him back. So all of a sudden, she's got a power she's never had before, ever, in any comic, in any story, ever. Oh, all of a sudden, she can send people back in time. And oh, I can only send them back a few days, but now all of a sudden, I could send him back decades. Which brings me to my second problem with the movie. The original storyline, I believe it is 2012 or 2013, is the future. And they send it back to 85, I believe. 80, 80, 85, early 80s. Um, so it's not as big of a leap where now Days of Future Past is actually set next year, everyone. Just so you know, 2023, look out for Sentinels. Because, um, <laughs> you know, with everything else going on in the world, that's all we need are more Sentinels. Uh, and then sends him all the way back to the 70s. So, and I feel the only reason they wrote it that way is to make the gap make uh, sense by using Wolverine, the only character who would be alive back then. The, mm. But they didn't use Sentinels at all in the original X movies. You got one quick shot of it in a danger room scene. You got a head. That was it. They never really talked about Sentinels, never mentioned them. So you could have said the Sentinels were invented in you know, 20, uh, 1998. And they didn't have to go back that far, and they could have used any of the characters, but nope, had to use Logan. Um, well, again, actually, so that, you're right, but if they sent them back to a time shortly after the, the, the original series, the original trilogy, they wouldn't have been able to use McAvoy and all them, which is, it wasn't as much about Wolverine in that sense as they wanted mm-hmm. to use the first class cast for most of this movie. And how old is uh, Magneto supposed to be by the time we get to 2023, by the yeah, way? it's like 100. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that works out so well. Um, something that they don't ever address. And um, so thus, sending Wolverine back, again, making him the most important character ever in the X-Men universe, not Professor X, Wolverine, because now Wolverine inspires Professor X to pick himself back up because... He's so sad about losing his ability to walk and he can't do anything anymore. So Wolverine helps him, saves him and inspires him to find the X-Men by the end of the movie. 
And then by the time we get to the end, they make him uh, unimportant in the final act of the movie. He gets he gets thrown into a, a, a lake. So why 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 then why did we have all this tension at the end? Oh, are they going to make it or not? Like we didn't need Wolverine at that point. So they should have the future should have reset right at that point. Once once Wolverine was underwater, like we didn't need to see anymore. That was such a annoying <laughs> part of the movie. I thought it was such a waste. And then finally, you mentioned James Cameron, so. We had Terminator 2 and the original Days of Future Past comic both share something in common, I thought, is exactly what you should do in a time travel movie. At the end of the story, they don't go back and show you what happens in the future. They leave it wide open. Anything's possible, any interpretation, but no, we go and show you that everyone had a happy ending. Gene's back. No, no, we don't know why. (laughs) Scott's still alive. We don't know why. Uh, Beast is there. Yeah, everyone's happy. Like, okay, but we were not going to explain it. Just we have a happy ending, and it was just like, yeah, no. Well, it's a happy ending until Professor X has some kind of breakdown and kills all the mutants, and then you get a, <laughs> then you get Logan. Yes, yes, and then then you have your happy ending there. But then Logan makes absolutely no sense when you try to tie it into Days of the Future Past. So in the idea of creating a movie to tie two casts together to reset the X-Men universe, you completely destroyed all timelines you set up in your first three movies, and it makes it a completely pointless movie. And that's why I don't like the movie. Wow. You know why I like this uh, review and this, uh, this assassination attempt? Brevity. Succinct. I like succinct. Me too. I, David- I've been thinking about it for a week. <laughs> <laughs> You filtered the shit out of it, and goddamn, I'm a sucker for filtering. Give me a number one through ten of your uh, score on this film. Um, and that's the thing too. I also want to point this out. In, in all honesty, at the time when the movie came out, I like everyone else. It was like, oh, they're taking a comic book story and they're bringing it to life. Bring it finally using a a, a story. They made some changes. Blah blah. I would have said eight out of ten back then. Now looking at how they're doing comic book movies and how everything has changed and I don't see Marvel pulling off a movie like this just to like appease old fans and new fans. Um, I would say I'll still be fair because a lot of people like it. I'm going to say a five. Well, don't be fair because if people like it. Be fair if you do or don't like it. All right, a four. Okay, see. <laughs> why do I have to coach your true score? Why does it always take me a minute to coach the real score? You have score to make people feel okay with hating something. Yes. Hey, you know what? I have a lot of fans on my show mad at me after they listen to this. So. <laughs> Excellent. That's the goal. Well, so, go ahead. One of the guys who works for our website, writes our comic reviews, he's a huge X-Men fan. And he, he's, he says this a lot, and it's so true that X-Men fans are continuity continuity whores because it's so important in the X-Men storylines. They're they're very true to them. So it's like, exactly. So how can you like this movie? Because they went and said, ah, continuity doesn't matter. We're resetting. They pulled a uh, crisis DC event in their yeah, movie right. so they could reset them. <laughs> so, you know, he's like, ah, you have a point. And I also said, they ever use Wolverine too much? He's like, yeah, you got a point. So... I I got an X-Men fan who loves this movie to agree with me, so I have to have good points. <laughs> well, as a resident expert in this subject matter in this podcast, Kevin Israel, you, sir, are going first. Thank you. So, for, first of all, I agree with a lot of what David said. This movie did a great job in something that the first trilogy had struggled with, is really making the world feel interesting and real Mm -hmm. and making the characters feel like 360 degree three-dimensional people like the the first especially the first first movie the first x-men we which we did on the podcast feels very cartoonish when you go back and watch it and it feels very it it, it's just it's almost ridiculous and then the next two the second one was uh, was better than the first but the characters still feel very awkward. And the, the third one was a disaster. Um, so this, they, when they brought in, but, but they cast so well. There were so, so many, I mean, 
Professor X, Patrick Stewart as Professor X is mm-hmm. fantastic. I mean, he was built to be this character. And Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, for all of his physical appearance incorrectness, he <laughs> he really, really made Wolverine his own. Um, James McAvoy did a great... I mean, every they, they, they did such a good job with casting that it almost felt like this movie finally took advantage of the whole cast. The thing I love about this movie is... The individual scenes, the opening fight in the future is fantastic. It's so yes. cool oh, to yeah. get to watch all these different mutants with all these different powers, use their powers to fight together, to fight in an interesting way, to fight in ways that you've never seen before. It was a really, really, it's really good fight in the beginning. Then you flash to Wolverine waking up in the, in the, in the past that's another fantastic scene. And one of my, pro- and I'm a, I'm David, I'm a huge Wolverine fan. I started reading Wolverine when I was 12 in mm-hmm. 1988 um, when he got his, when his O's in series. So Wolverine is really what brought me into comics. And I've, I mean that, so for me, the fact that they're Wolverine centric, like I can't complain about that. I think he's the most interesting X-Men. He's, he's one of the X-Men that they've really explored the most deeply in the, in the story and almost all stories in the, in the books and the comic books and the cartoons, they always seem to make Wolverine be the most interesting because number one, his power, he's, he's kind of the least powerful. He's the one you can, you can kind of equate to the most. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he heals quick and he's got claws. Like we can, you can wrap your head around that. You can't wrap your head around controlling magic or being able to read everybody in the world's minds. So I think for for an audience, he's the, he's the one that you can most go, okay, I could believe that guy exists. But so when Wolverine wakes up and that whole scene, that fight scene is fantastic because Wolverine finally gets to be Wolverine. Up until now, we Wolverine's never really been Wolverine because the movies weren't rated correctly. You got a guy with blades in his hands, but there's never any blood. He's never really stabbing anybody. But now we get to see Wolverine be Wolverine. And it was that scene was it was a lot of fun. The scene even where he goes to the the X mansion and you get to see his interaction with with Beast and with uh, with Xavier that dragged a little bit, but it was still interesting to see Wolverine and or Hugh Jackman kind of go from you know dealing with the the original X Men to now in this new situation. Um, and and so each individual kind of scene in this movie is is fun to watch. It almost plays out like each like a little play that I think this movie and, you know, we have always talks about the remote test. And for me, this movie passed the remote test because almost any scene to me is, is entertaining. And it, 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 it's, it's fun to watch. And they do, you know, obviously the quicksilver scene, the slow, slow motion scene, fantastically done, probably the best speedster scene that we've seen in a movie. They tried to, they tried to recapture that in um in the snyder cut with uh with the flash and it Mm -hmm. wasn't the same this was just it was just done so well and so much fun it looks like fun you believe this character's having fun doing it and he enjoys his powers and there's a lot to be said for that where you say david i feel like well that was the thing that was one of the points i forgot is we finally got one of the twins we get quicksilver no explanation of who he is or anything. Just, hey, I know a guy. They go to his house. He helps them, and then that's it. And then, then we're done with right. it. Like, and they just say goodbye. Like, why didn't they bring him with them? Like, right, He seems exactly. like he would have been useful continuing on. Well, so that gets to my, that gets to my the, the downside of this movie. The last third of this movie... I don't want to say it drags, but the, the continuity issues and the story, the overall narrative problem throughout the movie really start to pile up. And suddenly mm-hmm. you have this big mess at the end that they've just kind of got to work their way through. And they just go, well, this stuff happens and don't worry about why it happens. And All I'll blame sudden- a lot of this on Mystique and Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> she was a terrible character. And it's not Mystique. Mystique is a great character. The character they created in the X-Men for Mystique with uh, with Jennifer Lawrence was terrible. It wasn't really like the character in the comic books, first of all. Mm-hmm. And it didn't it, she just didn't make sense. She started off this friend of uh, Charles's, which was kind of interesting. But then she goes bad. And but then she gets really bad. And it's like you never see why this all happens to her. And really, what's her motivation yep. to suddenly be like that? Like she goes and she saves those mutants. That, and that was a cool scene where she goes and saves the mutants. But first of all. 
is she super strong? What are her powers? Because she she she's a ninja and she can become anybody. And I, I almost think that comic book movies, especially you know, with, with super powered superheroes, need to establish that all super powered beings are stronger and more resilient than everybody else, regardless of their superpower. Because at least if you said that, you'd go, okay, that's why she's able to hold this guy up against the wall with her foot. Like she's, you know, an athletic woman and she's holding Mm -hmm. a special forces guy. I get like, it's just, it's what are her powers? Well, beyond that, this whole, the whole movie is motivated by her action, by what she did, by her killing Trask sets this whole thing off. Mm -hmm. So why couldn't they just go find her and knock her the fuck out? If they just went and found her and like put her in a bag and threw her in a trunk somewhere, none of this would they could have avoided all this. And Wolverine could have found her. Like they, they didn't need the whole thing that they had to go find Charles and he had to go find Eric and they had to work together. And it, that's bullshit. It's total bullshit. All they needed to do was stop her from killing Trask. And if that's what they needed to do, Wolverine should have gone and hunted her down and stopped her. That was the motivation. You're reminding me of of two really good points right there. Number one, Mystique doesn't apparently care about the laws of mass and physics at all. She can be any size, any whatever. I I never understood that because I'm pretty sure in the comics, like her clothes don't change either. Like just her body changes, which makes sense. And and uh, two, exactly. Like there's all this buildup of like Eric and xavier becoming friends again and like yes we got to work together and even eric is like the one who's like yes like forgive me let's be friends again and then he's just super evil at the end like yep i'm gonna throw my mustache now and right and kill everyone right and it was just like yeah wow and, the, and and you're absolutely right about wolverine becoming being completely pointless by the end of the movie and i feel like he that happens to him a lot in these movies because again he's a, a character of violence his, mm-hmm. his main power is being able to kill people. He's a murderer. And so if you're trying to make these, these, these movies that are PG, PG-13, and you want them to end up having some kind of decent theme at the end, it, his res- resolution would be murder everybody. He's got claws in his hand. That's what he would do. He'd kill everybody. So you almost always have to take him out of the picture. It's almost like, the, um, like they took Thor out of uh, before Civil War happened yep. because they were like, well, whoever has Thor is going to win. So and, it's almost Hulk, like you have yeah. to take Wolverine out because it's just going to get too violent. Yep. So the, 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 the movie itself plays out very strangely because it starts off as a series of really cool scenes. And then once you get the mystique factor in, the movie really starts to kind of stumble over itself. Because, again, the time travel, I can't believe that anybody spent any time thinking about this time travel um, <laughs> physics in this because it doesn't make any sense. No. And then, the, you know, the movie ends. And I think it was interesting that they pulled him out of the out of the river. But then you see her look. And her eyes go yellow and his eyes go yellow and it's mystique. And it's like, well, okay, but what does that mean? How does he end up with his adamantium? Exactly. How does that, how do, how, never, what is why well, she still ends up doing this? It doesn't make any sense. She, and then he she gives him the, the, yeah, she gives him uh, to the weapon X program. Like, yeah, it yeah. doesn't make sense. And now I disagree yeah. with you. I did like him waking up in the future and see, and that moment, I really liked that moment where he looks at Charles and Charles must go into his head and suddenly realizes now, again, it makes absolutely no sense. Why does Charles suddenly know what he went? Why does he know about this? Why does he mm-hmm. understand that this other alternate timeline never happened? My only explanation for it is, and, and this is how I always looked at this movie, that this created a whole new timeline. This did not go and correct anything we'd seen beforehand. This created an entirely new timeline that we'd never seen before. And, and almost to what MCU is doing with, with, you know, with the multiverse, but they, mm-hmm. they didn't think the audiences could handle that. So they just said this just... Then we don't need to explain it. But I feel like that's what it was. It was a whole new timeline that was an offshoot of, of the of the other two. And it could have led to a whole new series of movies or a past movie, whatever. But that's the only way you can explain it. So in summary, this movie is a great experience if you're willing to watch it for its individual scenes and its most of its character performances, except Mystique. Um and I do enjoy it. I enjoyed watching it again. I really there. I'd say 75% of the movie I really enjoyed, but that last 25% of the movie just falls apart so badly. And it's all because the narrative string that was running through this movie is so weak and so convoluted. And they were trying so hard to fix things and to rework things while keeping everything else together that the movie falls apart by the end. And it's just, it's just not a satisfying ending. And that's almost why they had to do that, him waking up in the future, just to be like, look, everything's happy. We know yep. it didn't make sense, but everything's happy. So don't look at the man behind the curtain. Um, 
And that's, and that's kind of, and that's, and that's what we got, but I still, I still enjoyed it. I did see a lot of the, you start to see, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the bruises and, and bumps in it when you start watching and analyzing a little more, but I did, I did enjoy it. I still really enjoyed it. And I think I, they did Wolverine really well. They did so many characters really well that for me, the movie, the movie was enjoyable. The movie was enjoyable as, as a part of the whole, the whole was not, but the pieces that made it up were very enjoyable to me. So, okay. Well, not a, not a not a fantastic movie, and it doesn't hold up to what MCU is doing right now. It was still probably the best X Men movie that we got so far. Um, so for me, it's a seven. Hmm. These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com, where you find how to find us, all the law, all the articles and logs and all that stuff, blogs, whatever. That's our, our Patreon now, patreon.com slash GTSC. For five bucks a month, you get the that doesn't happen. Movies we've watched, movie news, all that good stuff. Trailer talk. We talk about how we don't care about seeing Morbius. That's uh, one of our topics. <laughs> <laughs> so that's guttingthesacredcow.com. And of course, if you want to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com or just stop by to say hi. Notes. Well, we finally got the Colossus that we deserve for about five minutes only, unfortunately. Yep. God damn it. What a tease. And by the way, that opening battle, holy shit. Not much is topping that. I completely agree with you on that one, Kevin. I even love seeing a few of the X-Men getting killed off early instead of that one random one that dies in the end because quota dictates. So what vicious Hague level of a war crime did we commit to be punished by losing Rebecca Romaine Stamos and having Jennifer Lawrence foisted upon us. <laughs> we went from a nine and a half to a five and a half. Explain. You know, what was the best use of time travel in this film going back in time to see Ellen Page with boobs again. Oh, oh, I, I, that went through my head as she was putting her hands to Wolverine's head. I was like, Oh yeah, she's a, she's a guy now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This movie could be 20 minutes long. All they need to do is send Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler back in time to shove Trask in a, in a shoebox and be done. <laughs> I, I'm writing jokes for this one, Dave. You, you better be careful or Will Smith is going to come smack you. I'm not worried about Will Smith. I saw oh, it. There we go. His, his, <laughs> we made it. We made it 57 minutes before we got a Will Smith reference. Hey, Who I'm from Philly. I'm from Philly. I got to make the reference. Oh my God! You have all your teeth and speak pretty pretty, pretty good English. That's a that's a misnomer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. We had a friend. Ah, uh, we did. <laughs> We're having fun. Hey, young striker looks like Stifler from American Pie. That is a fantastic call. Yes. He does. Thank you. <laughs> He's got those crazy eyes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the one mutant in the tent has the ability to make people sick. This must be a great trick to induce hangos, hangovers on whomever you feel like. Hey, hon, I want to go see the new Amy Schumer movie tonight. Oh, yeah? <laughs> now we're not. <laughs> Wait, Kev, I, you, you brought up something that I forgot to mention. And I'll ask David because he'll know. Was that supposed to be Toad? Oh, of course it was. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. What, definitely. What was? What is his? What, he does he wear? Go- I don't remember the goggle thing. What was with the? I don't. Was that just to make him look weird? I, I think so. Yeah, they were just trying to like, because they realized like most of the mutants in there were all had things where you could see just looking at them they were mutants. I think that was why they did that. Where, so yes, weird. but they didn't get uh, Ray Park back to do them. So right. Well. You know we what happens to, w- to a toad when it gets struck by lightning? Oh, oh. <laughs> you couldn't wait to work that one in, didn't you? <laughs> uh, who was the one guy who was in first class who was in that tense scene, the blonde kid? I forgot what, who, what character he was. Uh, oh, uh, Havoc. 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 Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, um, uh, that's Cyclops' brother. Yep. Hilarious that Magneto is in jail for killing JFK. The only thing that would have been funnier is if you see him put metal or whatever in that cocktail that killed Marilyn Monroe and gone full circle. Jesus. <laughs> I'm killing with Dave tonight, Kevin. You found your audience. <laughs> Historical jokes, Philly jokes. I'm covering all of it. Still for jokes. Why make Mystique's eyes go yellow? You think after a while that she has jaundice. Well, how are you going to know? Yeah. Yeah. 
The Quicksilver kitchen fight scene is a goddamn treasure and needs to be archived and the great uh, and the best fight scene wing of all time in films history. I don't know. The Richard Nixon mask and point break looked more real than Richard Nixon did in this film. <laughs> he looked terrible. Terrible. So so a little uh, a little aside on that the Please. um the guy, I don't know anyone's name off the top of my head, so forgive me. The uh, the guy who played Nixon, his son is in Lock and Key. He's one of the friends okay. in Lock and Key. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was actually on my show. So it was so funny. Like, we were talking about that. Oh, no, was, kidding. Uh, yeah, it was one of his first big roles was his father. Like, you can't recognize him because he's got a lot of makeup on to look like Nixon. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would have been very disturbed if you just knew that until the part where you said oh i know the guy we had him on our show otherwise that would make you a super creep <laughs> but fair fair sustained understandable uh, i enjoy seeing the origin of william striker we didn't get shit of that in x-men 2 and goddamn if wolverine's the best part of x-men 1 and he's the best part of x-men 2 and i say lady deathstrike who is criminally underrated in x-men 2 but i love william striker and i love seeing more about him in this film there was a tiny lady Deathstroke nod in this movie. One of the Sentinels had the Lady Deathstroke's claws. Mm-hmm. And when you start to realize that each of those claws had a mutant power, yep, yep. you start to put it. So the, uh... Well, no, they, they got the mutant power based on the mutant they were fighting, I right. think. Oh, but, so yeah. they, I they, must, they, yeah. That one must have killed Lady or fought her at some point yeah. and yeah. absorbed her yeah, power. Sure. Yeah. Which, by the way, sorry, and this is another point. They said how it was it was rogue, not rogue. They said it was mystique that, oh, you know, we, she can become anybody. So they get her. Pa- That's rogue's power. They should have killed rogue to get this mm-hmm. should have been a, based around rogue and not mystique. Anyway, sorry. Go on. Do you know do you know there's a rogue cut for uh, for sale to buy of this film? It's yeah, because there's a, there's a short scene with her in it. I'm glad there's not because. Boy, Anna Paquin, you know, Rogue's power is that she sucks the power out of people and whatever. Anna Paquin sucks the fun out of everything she's in for me. <laughs> sucks the life out of the <laughs> Oh, She was so blah. And I'm not listening yeah. for all your fans of yours. I'm sure who will tune in. I am a comic book a, a secondary, I guess. I watch the cartoons. I play the video games. I haven't read the books like you do. So I'm just a film guy into the superhero stuff again, you know, the secondary from uh, cartoons and video games. Uh, I did love seeing Wolverine run the emotional gamut again. That's always, that's great to see him go through those different, uh, those leaps, especially when he's flashing back to go into the uh, alkaline uh, lake or what is that called? Alkaline something, right? right. Alkaline lake. All right. I'm right. Got a chuckle and he walked through that metal detector without a beat. Probably one of the funniest lines in that film next to Charles Xavier telling him to go fuck himself. That's always great. <laughs> there's so I listen, and I and you made a couple of good points here, and I'll get to them in a minute, but there's I think I think there is very little gristle in this storyline. Hold on till the end though. I wish the Sentinels would have opened fire on Brett Ratner and all remaining copies of X3, Apocalypse, and Dark Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never championed a pedophile before, but I love how Brian Singer took the men in black, mem, mem, men in black memory neuralizer and completely dissolved X3 right in front of our very eyes. If, <laughs> stroke of genius. You know, Brian Singer, Brian Singer did that doesn't happen before we did. <laughs> now, if only we could do this to Indiana Jones 4, Star Wars 7, 8, and 9, and everything that Lena Dunham has done, the world will be a better place. I'm telling you, I'm going with <laughs> my Oh, my Good. I have very little notes on this film because I think this is a goddamn tour de force. I love it. This is my top 10 for sure, possibly top five superhero films. Easily the best X-Men by far. But you make good points. The last 15 minutes where he, where he pulls up RFK Stadium out and all that horse shit in the end, uh, that does drag. And you're both, and I said from jump, Mystique, this Mystique is blah. I liked her. Rebecca Rain just played a little bit of her here and there. It wasn't a main mm-hmm. character, but I did not like her being the, one of the main characters in this. Uh, I don't want that. I want the main characters. I want a heavy dose of them. Post-haste. Uh, what else do they have here? Best X-Men film by far. You get new ones and the old ones that you never got in any other films. You get true impending doom in this one. Everyone else like, this is going to work out. Like, people are fucking dying left and right in the first fucking 10 minutes. 
How many X-Men get wasted? Seven, six, something like that. Love that. Uh, this hits on all notes. It easily passes the remote test. I mean, again, the action scenes, the Quicksilver scene, the banter. I love the shit out of this film. E, like I said, easily passes the remote test. This is, I'll knock it down half a point for those two points you guys convinced me of. Eight out of 10. I love this one. This is not even close. X-Men 2 is the second best one. And then it's a, it's a vicious battle for third. Oh, sorry. X-Men first class is in third. Not by, I'm sorry. X first class is second. X2 is third. And then the rest, it's a vicious race toward the bottom. Eight out of 10. All right. Oh, one other point you guys made I thought was great. That's another reason why I dropped it. Everyone happy at the very end. And for what reason? Except for we're all like, yay, Brett Ratner doesn't exist. But none of those, <laughs> character, none of those characters showed the reasons why they're happy that, wait, we're, you know, I'm back. Why? What happened? They would address that. I would easily make the eight and a half again or even the nine. But love this film. Let's see what the guys and girls who need to use six syllable words and pontificate <laughs> for eight paragraphs and just bloviate bullshit. Critics, five star reviews. Critics, five star reviews. Critics, five star reviews. Critics, five star reviews. A successful attempt to right the wrongs of The Last Stand addressed the continuity issues between the original trilogy and X-Men Origins. I know that they had not commented on the Wolverine films because they all stunk except for Logan. Oh, that's the other one too. That's, that's in the mix. How dare I forget that one? Apparently David does not agree on Logan. Okay. (laughs) One of the darkest and most complicated stories in the Marvel universe has been successfully translated to the screen. Despite being played by some familiar problems in Brian Singer's X-Men movies, this time traveling, this thrilling time traveling adventure combines the cast of two eras in the franchise for possibly the best installment yet. X-Men D is a future past sticks its fingers in in its ears and yells, no, 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 no. I can't hear you. When it comes to preserving the continuity of a film series that has been drudging on for a mind numbing 14 years now. Critics. One star reviews. Critics, one star reviews. Critics, one star reviews. An appalling bloated film. This franchise is vast and twee and over. This isn't a bad diversion, and it'll drive all the thoughts out of your head for two hours. But ultimately, all you can feel is the pressure as it tries to break your heart. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. You went broken heart. You go and trot out Apocalypse because that had such promise, one of the oh. baddest motherfuckers of all. And that film was worse than getting whiskey yeah, dick on, on your senior prom. <laughs> it doesn't so much revive the franchise as it confirms that it's still breathing. Barely. <laughs> How do you screw up a movie starring James McElvoy, Hugh Jackman, Michael Fassbender, Nicholas Holt? Who the hell's Nicholas Holt? And Peter Dinklage, to name a few, I'll give you a hint. The script. Nicholas Holt is a beast. Okay. Good point. The only thing missing from that review was a spinning bow tie and a seltzer spray bottle. (laughs) Amazon five-star reviews. Amazon five-star review the booze. It's time for Amazon five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Yes, 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 and yes. I am such an X-Men fan. This film has been awesome. It's my favorite X-Men so far. Signed, Daniel Bryant. <laughs> wow. I took. Uh, I thought the few wrestling fans in this room might get that. Wow. I took my daughter to see this on the big screen. We were both blown away. I have to see every comic, comic book movie for home viewing. Why would you not see in the theater? This movie is a 10-star Marvel movie. It's the solo Wolverine we've wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Solo Wolverine. <laughs> they did that. His leather jacket. This is awesome. I can't stop looking at it in the picture behind me. He wore it the other night to the live show. <laughs> close. It was very close. I know. <laughs> While my internal eighth grader went a giant robots, my internal 40 year old thinks that that have may have sucked in today's day and age. They wrote a compelling story covering multiple times and timelines, the same characters with different actors that shouldn't have worked at all. And it worked almost seamlessly. 
And the acting quality is almost over the top. Fassbender, McAvoy, Lawrence Page and Dinklage with a side of Sirius Patrick McKellahan. Sorry, McKellen. Well shot, well written, outstandingly acted. Yes, please. I'm not used to all that quality in X-Men movies. This person gets excited when the new TV guy comes in the mail, I bet. <laughs> He's like Steve Martin and the jerk. The new phone books are here. The new phone books are here. I'm somebody. <laughs> Johnson, Maven, R. This, in my opinion, we know it's your opinion because you're writing it, dickhead, is the best X-Men pr- film produced and manages to fix the timeline from the awful X3 film. I can't wait for the next film with Apocalypse who is, in my opinion, the best villain in the X-Men face. This review did not age well. <laughs> no. Kevin, I'm going to start off at the top with your favorite, this Amazon one-star reviews. 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 The price to rent this movie is ridiculous. This <laughs> Same price for every movie. Pretty much. These prices are why people pirate video should be 99 cents to rent an old movie. He, I hate to see how he's dealing with the gas prices right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just booked my flight to Vegas and had a fucking coronary because of the fuel costs. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm sure. I'll be. I'm sure if it, hopefully it drops, I can cancel and rebook it. Um, next one, very childish. Signed, Pee Wee Herman. That was the whole thing. Very childish, yes. Oh. <laughs> Long one, but you know I love these manifestos. I bought it in quotes a long time ago, but just watched it again, which means they're tracking my usage. I'm not like the millennials who just shrug their shoulders and say there is no privacy anymore. I'm not keen on people monitoring, spying, watching, or quote-unquote collecting data on me. My Blu-ray player does not do that, parentheses, yet. I also came to realize in recent ISP outage that my Blu-rays, DVDs, and yes, even VHS tapes, along with the books, etc., still work when my internet connection is down. Fine. It won't work when the power is out, although that could be remedied with a generator. But I can't use my digital services, obviously. And as I understand it, these digital movie purchases have an expiration date. You lose access after some period of time. It may be 20 years, but I have plenty of videos that are old on my shelf. They may not be the latest and greatest technology, but no one is taking them away from me for a long time. Longer than I'm getting these digital services anyway. And since the cost is usually about the same, as much as I hate, A, having more things, quote-unquote, stacking up around the house, and B, ultimately contributing more to landfills, Amazon and these other digital services seem to be forcing my hand to physical disks. Who wrote the I, ghost- I, Go ahead. I, I love Amazon one-star reviews because they never have anything to do with the actual product <laughs> that they're reviewing. It's always <laughs> complaining about the service, about some uh, uh, the quality of something, or it was uh, delivered to the wrong address or something stupid. Yeah, <laughs> David, boy, do I have a treat for you with two more of these fuckers. <laughs> By the way, who wrote that? The ghost of Charlton Heston. You'll you'll you have to pry those Blu-rays from my dead, cold hands. <laughs> I need to get a cocktail here. Mm. I also would like to add to that. I used to work uh, for a company that did internet advertising, and you don't need to log in anything. They're they're tracking you. Don't worry about it. Oh, we know. <laughs> All I have to do is mention mention something, and there's a Facebook ad for it. Fifteen minutes yep. later. Yep. It's horrifying. This movie was defective. It was like the movie did not exist on the DVD. My comment is that the UPS store close to me said it was 535 South Fawcett Street, New Lisbon, Wisconsin, 59350. Unfortunately, that is a private of residence and not associated with UPS in any way. I'm now stuck with no way to return the defective DVD. I don't drive, and according to the list, the next closest UPS store is almost 40 miles away, beyond my reach. If this guy sounds like he wants to return that DVD for his $8 back, he better obey the hitchhiker rules of ass, grass, or cash. No one rides for free. (laughs) 
Uh, this one, this, this, this guy. All right. I'm just going to let it speak for itself. I downloaded this movie for my flight, but playback didn't work well without a Wi-Fi connection, which I thought wasn't required when downloading it to my device. So needless to say, I was movieless on a long flight. This 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 dick bag does not know the rules of downloading, so he gave it one star. What a selfish twat! <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I love people. I don't, <laughs> especially dumb ones. Hey, Kevin Israel, did our new friend David Markowski gut the sacred cow? David brought some amazing arguments that I 100% agree with. And I, I, I love that he was succinct and he made his point, but you know, I'm, I'm torn because I definitely don't think this movie was as good as I, as I remembered it, or a lot of us made it, made it out to be because I think the overall story was weak, but I still think it stands up as, as probably the best X-Men movie we've gotten yet. Hopefully the MCU will, will, will trash everything we've seen so far, but uh, I think the movie stands up, so I, I got to say I, I I like you, David, but I don't think you fully got it. <laughs> I agree. I think this film it's still listen. I understand a few more warts in this view, recent viewing, but fuck it, it's still amazing. I still love it. It still will easily be my top X Men film, unless like you said, MCU comes out and just does gangbuster shit. But with this one specifically, it's going to be a tall order because I re- I really love this one. So good, David. Tell the fine folks what you're up to, where we can find you, where we can check you out. All right. Uh, real quick before I do that, yes. I have two, two questions for you guys. Um, Please. One of the things we always uh, do on our podcast, when you get to a movie that's so many it, deep into any kind of franchise, we always ask a very important question. Can this movie stand on its own? Can you watch this movie without watching anything that came before it? Yes. I'll tell you why I can't. Why I can't. Because my wife walks in and goes, "Oh, this is the best one ever." There you go. But I, no, I think. But I think his question is, if you, oh, if you oh, hadn't yeah. seen, if yeah. you, and that's a tough, that's a tough, it, that's a, a tough hypothetical to take all prior knowledge away. But mm-hmm. I'd have to say you probably wouldn't enjoy this movie without knowing what the fuck was going on with the other movies. I don't think this movie could stand on its own to an uninitiated viewer. If that is your question. I don't know. I disagree. Yes, yes, exactly. Now I understand. I think it does because the stuff that you don't know isn't that much. It's not that foundationally based where you have to know what's up. I I think the best example of that is Endgame. Like, everyone loves Endgame, but if you haven't seen a bunch of movies before that, it makes no sense on its own. So what about yeah, what about Infinity War says though? Avengers Assemble? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everyone's dick got <laughs> rock hard. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind it. <laughs> and then my other question is just just a real quick one. Uh if they ever when they recast Wolverine, because you know they're going to. Oh um, they're not but, gonna do this. They're not gonna do this because they, Disney owns them now, but would you love to see every time his blades comes out, there's some blood? Because that's how they do it in the comics. Yeah. 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 Well, you, you know, the blood problem and, and the ratings is, is, is the PG issue, PG 13 issue. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, they kind of did it. They tried to show in the first one when they first they you know, he rubbed his hands when, it, when the blades came out to yeah. suggest hurts every time when it happens. Yeah. But, right. uh, it, it would be a nice touch, although I think it would probably get tiresome to constantly see blood dripping from his hands. But true, I, true. I, I think, I think some nods to that would be, look, it's breaking the skin. There's going to be blood. Right. So, it's just logic, yeah. But he heals so fast. Who knows if the blood could? Uh, 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 oh God! Just coagulate. The cells coagulate. 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 I got it right. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who should now, Dave? I'm, I know Kevin Israel. I know your answer, and, it's, and I'm pretty sure it's the same one. Uh, who would you recast as Wolverine when this happens? Hmm. I don't know. I. Do you know? It's funny. Like at first, I was like, no, but then after seeing. Uh, Patterson as Batman, I'm like maybe. And um uh <laughs> Are you gonna say are you gonna say Radcliffe? I was gonna say are you gonna say Fred Berry, aka you think Radcliffe from- could pull it off? Dan no. Daniel Radcliffe. A lot of people are are, are pulling no. for that online right no, now. Oh no. Uh, yeah. He listen, what's what's next? Fucking Timothy Chalamet? No, he's too svelte. He's I, that that Egerton, Egerton guy, uh, Tyler uh, Egerton. Uh, oh, from Kingsman. Eh. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, I, I he's probably say, the best I've seen uh, I, I the, on the list. But there's I, some I guy like who him. apparently is in talks already. The guy who's playing Master Chief in Halo now is supposedly in talks with Marvel. I thought you were going to say Scott Conn, your boyfriend. 
as I would love. He's too old. They're saying he's too old. But Scott Conn would be perfect. Scott Conn would be perfect. How about Seth Green? Did you guys, did you guys watch Miracle Workers on TBS? No. Mm. I know, I don't uh, know who that is. Or, or uh, Horns. Like, Radcliffe is a good actor. He really is. Oh, I know he is. It just, I just oh, don't. Oh, yeah. I just couldn't see him as Wolverine. <laughs> I mean, but, but, then again, I, yeah. Yeah, Wolverine. but he's the right height. Yes. <laughs> so is Scott Conn. So, yeah. so so is everybody in fucking Hollywood. I'm six two. I'm a giant compared to everybody in Hollywood. <laughs> Tom Tom, Cru- Tom cruising six phone books to stand next to me. I mean, crap. But but he, but that motherfucker can act, and boy does he make good films. And it is a sin that I have to wait this long for Mission Impossible Seven. Dave Markowski, tell us to get tell us actually, but not again. Tell us for the first time where we can find you, what you're up to, all that good stuff. All right. So if I haven't turned you all off, you can find my podcast. Uh, best place to go is superheroespeak.com. Um, you can find links to all our social media at the top of the page. Of course, the podcast every week, comic book reviews, uh, by our good friend D Square. And yeah, also look me up on, uh, Twitter at superheroespeak. Actually, we're at superheroespeak on all of the social media. So we're easy to find. Uh, I am very, and I listen. You did not turn anybody off. I, I, I dare say, I thoroughly enjoyed you. I'm sure Kevin did as well. Absolutely, so that, you were great. That, that would be silly talk to think that. Maybe Task is pissed because he's our resident X Men trasher. <laughs> you came in, and kicked the doors down in that fucking franchise again. <laughs> and, and I have to say, Don, after you listen to this, I hope we can still be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Israel. I haven't said this before, but please leave us a five star rating and a couple sentence <laughs> review on your podcast platform of choice it means something to us it helps we love it goatee gets to highlight our favorite reviews which is always fun for everyone because pp some of you guys are really creative and we love reading them so just go on your podcast platform of choice write a quick sentence couple sentence review five star rating that's all it takes and then go to kevinisrael.com and check out my upcoming dates for comedy shows and uh feel free to buy my album the struggle is real yeah, good investment. KevinGoatee.com for similar shenanigans. I don't have an album because I'm working on this goddamn podcast day and night. Ugh. Gutting the Sacred Cow, of course, on Patreon, patreon.com slash GTSC and gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us. And listen, tell your friends for Christ's sakes. This is a great show. Right, David Markowski? Yes. <laughs> Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, Dave Markowski, thanks for coming on, man. This is a, this is a joy having you. We'll, uh, oh. We're going to have you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, great. thanks a lot, David. You were great. I, I, I love being on a show that I don't have to do all the work for. <laughs> Isn't it nice? <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Take care. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.